Louder! It is your host with the ghost, the prince of the paranormal, the duke of the dead, the ghost daddy himself, the cryptid keeper, Lord Scubacabra, bringing you episode 10 of season 2, which is episode 23 total, I think. And today we have a doozy of an episode. But first, before we jump into that, I would like to introduce my co-host, the one, the only, the beautiful Ben DeLeon from the Recycled Corn Podcast. What's going on, buddy? I, I'm, I'm, I'm doing good, man. Like things are getting better. The world seems like it's going back to normal. So I'm excited about that. And, um, I got, I got new socks on. So life is good. Oh, <laughs> are they, are they white socks or? No, I like oh. to hide the stains. So total black socks. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I, I, you know, I can only wear, I can wear white socks. But I prefer to wear black because I don't know why black just feels more comfortable to me. Right? Do. It's weird. I don't, I don't know if there's something in the bleaching process that does something to the fibers or whatever, but the darker clothes seem a lot softer to me. Or maybe oh. I just find comfort in the dark. Oh, yeah. Same here. You know, I, I feel that. I feel that. I want to send a shout out to Joseph in the chat. Also to the, the lovely smiling octopus. Hello. She Smiling. said, save this topic for only feet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I heard uh, uh, somebody's trying to get a friend of mine into um, OnlyFans doing. I'm not going to name any names, but his initials are uh, Scuba Steve. So, uh, <laughs> was it a uh, feet porn? <laughs> not feet porn, feet ASMR. Oh. It's oh, not going to happen. It's not going to happen. So what's what's been going on other than, you know, uh it's been a while since you've been on the show. How's your podcast going? What's what's been going on? What's up, Sammy? How's it going? Podcast was on a temporary hiatus while I helped a friend of mine get started with his own podcast. Severance, who was a good yeah. friend of both of us. Yeah. Right. And he he borrowed, you know, my equipment, my recording space, and uh brought in some people, recorded some episodes. He has those in the back burner. And he's building up a catalog before he starts periodically releasing those, which actually is a really smart thing to do so he can make sure that he's steady with his content. Yeah. Um, and I was like, man, like I, I'm showing you all this stuff that I learned and I never even thought about that. So, <laughs> you know, I had that idea at first when I first decided to do this show to, you know, pre-record episodes. And then, you know, that way I already had a catalog of everything that I wanted to do. But the thing for me is I love doing live shows. You get that interaction with the chat that you don't mm -hmm. get when you just put out the podcast, especially an audio only podcast. That's why I'm glad that we do things this way in Project Louder, you know, with, with, with the, the visual first and then right. the, the release of the audio only episodes, which, you know, the audio and honestly, the audio only episodes do a lot better than, than the, these. But I, I like this. I like having my own show. I like being able to see everybody interact. Right. I mean, I, I, I get it for me. It's, 
I don't know. I, I'm just not comfortable with with being behind the camera so much. You know, for me, I want to be able to be sloppy and stupid and all that. You know, behind the mic while I'm having some drinks and uh, you know shooting the shit with my buds. So that's why I like doing the the audio only. But you know, everybody there there's room for everybody out there. You know, there's now I saw you post something and I knew you were just joking, but I. I... You said you were going to shave the beard. What happened? <laughs> I'm still debating because, like I said, I was on that medication and it makes my skin all itchy. Yeah. So I'm there constantly, like, doing this at work and everything, and it just it bothers me. And I don't know if, like, shaving it will make it go away. And I talked to Sandra, and, of course, she's kind of like, remember last time you shaved it? I was like, I know what it itches. <laughs> Here's what you do. You just fucking shave this. And keep the fucking handlebars. <laughs> Fuck do yeah, the uh, do the Zorro, just a real pencil stash it's right here in the little fucking stash, the little thing right here. <laughs> Fuck yeah, yeah, that's cool. Joseph messaged me after the show, man. I'm 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 good with that, man. So, um, you know, I've been doing Gore more. Also, uh, had a couple events, or I had a yeah, a few, a couple of investigations since the last episode of Somewhat Supernatural. Uh, last episode, we talked about. Um, Yorktown Memorial Hospital with the boys from Dark Side. Uh, we did that investigation and it was fucking cold. So that investigation was a fucking <laughs> bust because it was literally like 32 fucking degrees in there. And it, was it just too, was not, it was not working, man. There, it too, was, there was no way. Too cold for the ghosts. <laughs> Dude, it was colder than it was when we went to fucking Goatman Bridge. Like, yeah, that was, was bad. Freezing up in there, man. So it, it just kind of fucking ruined the investigation. And, you know, it was cool hanging out with the boys or whatever, but just it, it 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 was a shot investigation but it was a waste of money you know to to rent out yorktown again i i just i was very disappointed that the weather was so bad which eh, what can you do you know what i yeah. mean we booked it in fucking february I say, so. I say who would have thought it would have been cold in february that's yeah, no just shit, so right? <laughs> so today's show topic is something that i wanted to talk about because i saw this online and this story blew up all over online and it interested the hell out of me and i did some research on it and i was like holy shit this is like actually pretty fucking dope like the legend yeah of this of this stone now whether the legend's true or not of course there's some you know some facts in there but you know you know how stories go they can be embellished throughout time and this is one that goes back way back before any of us ever existed yeah like 2005 yeah 2005 <laughs> no, no. so today's show topic is sesho seki and tama tamamo nome um which is very well known in japan and for those of you that don't know what that is it's a stone in real life it's a stone that exists and supposedly it's you know cursed and there was a kid you know it's called the killing stone Anybody that touched the stone died. Um, but there's supposed to be a, a spirit trapped in yes. the stone, right? Yes, and that spirit was Tamama Nome. Um, that was that it was supposed to actually be her body after she died. Her body turned into this stone. Um, but we'll get into that a bit later because it is part of you know what we're going to talk about. Um, but there is supposed to be an evil legend in there, so fuck it, let's mm -hmm. kick it off, let's go. Sweet. Um, okay, you know, what is a Seshoseki? Uh, the Seshoseki or Killing Stone is a stone in the volcanic mountains of Nasu, 
area of to Togichi Prefecture, Japan, that is famous for sulfurous hot springs. In Japanese mythology, the stone is said to kill anyone who comes into contact with it. It split open on March 5th, uh, uh, 2002, leaving people to wonder if a demon was set loose to re or was that supposed to be... Oh, 2022. That's my bad. 2022. <laughs> leaving people to wonder if a demon was set loose to wreak havoc on the Eastern world once again. So there was already cracks in it before somebody discovered that this thing split open. So it's not like it just, you know, miraculously just fucking burst open, you know? Right. Um, there were cracks in it that they had noted before because it's cold and shit up there. So, um, but tell us the legend. What what are we, what is the legend behind this? <laughs> okay, the, the stone is actually believed to be the transformed corpse of Tam Tamano Nomai, a beautiful woman who was exposed as a nine-tailed fox working for an evil daimyo, plotting to kill Emperor Toba and take his throne. According to um, the Otigi Zoshi, when the nine-tailed fox was killed by a famous warrior named um, Mirura Nosuke, his body became the Sesho Seki. Later, a Buddhist priest called Geno stopped for a rest near the stone and was threatened by the spirit of Tamanomai. Oh, Tomama, <laughs> Tomama no Nome. Nome. <laughs> Tomama Nome. Geno performed an exorcism ritual and begged the spirit to consider her salvation. Uh, was it um, Tomama Nomai relented and swore to never haunt the stone again? So, and he performed an exorcism. He talked to the spirit. The spirit said, "Cool, I'm I'm gonna go." So here's where my issue lies with that story. If that was the case, then why was everybody freaking out because the the stone opened up if it had already been exercised? Because you know sometimes those exorcisms don't take. True, true, and I I, I of course I do know that, <laughs> and. I don't know. <clears throat> uh oh, here it goes. We're talking about it. <laughs> and said, I remember very vaguely of this when I lived in Japan. Oh, that's fucking cool. Like, and this is actually a spot I would love to go and just visit because it's very beautiful out there. They have like a temple out there and stuff too. Like, it's not just this rock in the middle of nowhere. They have like walkways and stuff that you can go through. Like, it's it's beautiful out there. Um. So the spirit of Tamama Nomai was in this, or was the stone, essentially, that was her body. Um, but who was Tamama Nomai? So Tamama Nomai, meaning Lady Duckweed, was born some 3,500 years ago uh, in what is now China. Her early life is a mystery, but she eventually became a powerful sorceress. After hundreds of more years, she became white-faced golden, uh, white golden fur QB. No Kitsun, a nine-tailed fox with supreme magical power. In addition, she was an expert at manipulation, as most women are. Zing! <laughs> she used her Shots charms and wit. Shots fired. She used her charms and wit to advance her standing and influence in world affairs. Tamama no Mai was the most favored courtesan of Emperor Toba, the man that she tried to fucking kill. Uh, she is one of the most famous kitsune in Japanese mythology. She was one of the most powerful yokai that ever lived and was said to be a most beautiful and intelligent woman being able to answer any question to ask. But was she right? <laughs> it's like uh, she could answer any question asked except where you want to eat. Oh, 
Damn. <laughs> Super shots fired right there. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> so her magical abilities were matched only by her trickiness and lust for power. Her plan to kill the emperor may not have worked out, but she caused him to become extremely ill. Her actions destabilized the country and led it towards one of the most important civil wars in Japanese history, which we will get into a little bit more deeper later on. Uh, she was eventually exposed as a fox spirit by the astrologer Abenoyasuchika. I'm going to butcher these fucking names because, you know, uh, who had been called to diagnose the cause of the emperor's poor health. A few years later, the emperor sent Kazusa Nosuke and Miura Nosuke to kill the fox in the plains of Nasu. So that's where the body lays after they sue her. She became this entrapped, or her body became the stone, and that that was that after the exorcism, or so we thought. But before any of that occurred, before the name Tamamanome was even recorded in history, this fox spirit existed. Right. So the, then, spirit, the spirit of the nine-tailed fox begins way before the story of Tamamanome. The story uh, was told by was it Usai, an Ikkyo e painter and printmaker, formed in the Edo period. The nine-tailed fox first appeared in China and possessed a daji, a concubine of Shang Dynasty's last ruler, King Zhao. Yeah, see, now I, I'm starting to know some of these names because I played the fuck out of Dynasty Warriors. <laughs> and a lot of these names are in Dynasty Warriors. So, really? Yeah, yeah. Like, Daji's in there. So is, uh, I don't know if King Zhao's in there, but I know there's a Zhao in there. Zhao Yu, I think, is the Zhao that's in there. Is there a Jun J? Because there's always a Jun J. I don't know. I don't remember. It's been a lot. <laughs> so, Daji and the Shang Dynasty, which occurred in China. During the Shang Dynasty, Tamamanome was known as Daji. She disguised herself as a beautiful woman and became the favorite concubine of King Zhao of Shang. Daji was a model of human depravity, though. She held orgies in the in the palace gardens, fucking parties. I like I like party. her already. I like her already. Yeah, she's she's a keeper. Her fondness for watching and inventing new forms of torture are legendary. She enchanted maybe, maybe, the king. I said maybe not. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, what is it that they say in Hellraiser? Something Such, about pleasure being pain or some shit like yeah, that. Yeah, pain is so close to pleasure. So she enchanted the king and brought on a reign of terror that led to a rebellion that ended the Shang dynasty. She managed to escape execution and fled to the Magdaha kingdom in India in 1046 BCE. I don't know what BCE is. I've heard of BC. Before but... Christ existed, I think. Oh. Are you sure? I don't know. Maybe I'm talking on my ass. I don't know. Yeah. Well, maybe. So she leaves China, heads to India, which is just a hop, skip, and a jump away. Um, and she becomes Lady Kayo in India. Lady Kayo. Lady Okay. Um, Lady Kayo in India. As a fox spirit fled to Magdaha of Tianzu, ancient India. And became Lady Kayo, concubine of the Crown Prince Bazok. I'm sensing a pattern here. She's always yes, becoming she's a always concubine. a concubine. Always. <laughs> Her influence caused him to cut off the heads of a thousand men. She also well, isn't that just uh never mind. I was insane. <laughs> <laughs> she also became the consort of King Ka Ooh, wow, that's a lot of Kalamashapada. Uh, yeah. Kalamashapada, known in Japan as 
Hanzoku. See, that's a lot easier to pronounce. Say, yeah, the king <laughs> she used her beauty and charms to dominate the king, causing him to devour children, murder priests, and commit other unspeakable horrors. Eventually, whether because she ran out of children to eat or because Kalmasha Lapara began to turn away from her and towards Buddhism, she fled back to China. So she, so she like, fucking had a time in India, man. <laughs> she had a fucking time in India. Like, she got she got this king to devour children, like cannibalism. That's how strong, like, I guess her powers were. Uh, you know melody, what I mean? Melody with the save. Before the common era. Ah. We'll just say before Christ existed. That's yeah, I like, I like that better. <laughs> <laughs> so... That sounds so typical nowadays that like you're presented with the, the correct information. I'm just going nah, to say that. it my way anyways. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to ignore that. I'm going to ignore that real shit. Yeah, uh, fake, fake news. Fake this news. Is totally, it's fake news. This stone was huge. <laughs> <laughs> so her powers, I mean, and it doesn't really get into her, like her using her powers, but I guess, you know, she was just so influential that she was, you know, and we say she, but it's really this this nine tailed demon that is possessing. It's whatever it wants to be. Yeah, and and it's it's a, it's always a woman, <laughs> always a woman, always a woman. I'm so I'm saying this nine tailed demon is always a woman. Do with that what you will. So after she flee, uh, co- goes back to China, she becomes Bao Si in the Zhao Dynasty again. So around 780 BCE, the fox returned to China and was said to possess Bao Si, a concubine of the Zhao dynasty, King Yu. Yao. Yao? Yao. That was Yao. So <laughs> you, Bao you, si, you is Yao. Yeah, Yao. Bao Si was known as one of the most desirable women in all of China. So this time, this fox was like, I'm going to be a fox. I'm going to be a fox in this one. So in 779 BCE, she became a concubine. Or I already said, I already said that. Uh, so not satisfied as just a mistress, she manipulated the king into deposing his wife, Queen Shen, and making Bao Si his new queen. Ah, Though she was beautiful, Bao Si rarely ever smiled. I would be all over that. I love RBF. (laughs) I, that's I say, smiling octopus females are very powerful. I agree. Yes. And uh, um, I've always said that the, the female is the superior sex. Um, and I'm not just saying that to, to score points. Like, I've always said it. I mean, if you always, what's the old saying? For every good man, there's a woman behind him. And uh, that's because oh, she's froze. pulling this. Benny froze. Uh-oh. You stroked out. You stroked out a bit. You're good now. I'm good now? Okay. You're good now. You just, you were like this. <laughs> for every good woman it <laughs> right no i wasn't even uh i didn't even freeze i was just uh, i couldn't get the words out <laughs> <laughs> anyways but yeah man i mean and there's there's a lot of women that are very powerful in history you know and, and i just think that they get lost in history they do you know because I mean? men because his story you know because what I mean? Men have that fragile ego and they can't handle when a woman is better than them at something, you know? I don't care, man. If a woman's a good fighter, get get a sword and get right next to me. Yeah, like, you know what I mean? I watch go. your back, you watch mine. So, yep. 
So in order to please his beautiful new wife, King Yao committed acts of such evil and atrocity that eventually all of his nobles abandoned him and betrayed him. Eventually, King Yao was killed and Bao Si captured the Western Zhao dynasty. Um, wait, uh, and the Western Zhao dynasty was brought to an end in 771 BCE. Somehow, though, Bao Si managed to escape again, again. Wow, she's I mean, sneaky. it's a fox. It's a nine-tailed fox. Foxes are sneaky. She went into hiding for many years. Little is known of her activities until the 700s when she resurfaced disguised as a 16-year-old girl named Wak Wakamo. She tricked the leaders of the 10th Japanese envoy to the Tang Dynasty, Kibi no Makibi, Abe no Nakamaro, and Genjin. As they were preparing to return home to Japan, Wakamo joined their crew and took the ship to Japan, where she hid herself away for over 300 years. So, th this, I, 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 but it doesn't really say, like, is this entity keeping the body alive for that long? Or is it the entity going into hiding itself? I think. What probably happens is just it uh, it uses up like uh, um, like Palpatine. You know what I mean? Uses up the uh, the body as much as it can, and then it goes off to a new one. Yeah, you know what I mean, so like it, right it it it, did, <laughs> it didn't uh, it didn't um, you know like like just freaking transfigure itself. It just it said abandon one vessel onto a newer one, but it it is kind of. It is kind of weird how, you know, the. It seems like a lot, you know, going from concubine to queen and all this. It, it seems like a, a lot of Japanese leaders were just easily manipulated by a pretty face. Well, I mean, that's most men, isn't it? Sorry, guys. It's well, true. I mean, facts. <laughs> I mean, it, it's that's just our nature, you know. Women, women are our weakness. Women are most men's weakness, you know. For those, for those of us that love women you know um that that's Every, our weakness you know so everybody um, loves women men love women women love women like it's yeah. all except it's for all... the dudes that love women i'm love men <laughs> even know? those even those even those uh, uh most of the time will we'll always have some girl to be like oh yeah you know like i had a I had a friend you know complete uh you know um he, he was completely into dudes but he was always like, dude, if I had a chance with Tori Amos, <laughs> and I was like, hey, you know well, what? Bro, it's it's kind of like it's kind of like every dude's man crush is Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Every dude's man crush is Ryan Reynolds. And if you say no, you're a goddamn liar. You're a goddamn liar. You are a goddamn liar. So she leaves and disappears for 300 years. She is hidden for 300 years in Japan. And what goes in, on in Japan, Ben? Said in 1090-ish, she resurfaced again. This time, she transformed herself into a human baby and hid by the side of the road. A married couple found the baby and rescued it, taking her in as their daughter and naming, naming her Mik Mikuzume. She proved to be an exceedingly intelligent and talented young girl and was so beautiful that she attracted the attention of everyone around her. When she was seven years old, Mikazume recited poetry before the emperor, as one does. Um, yes. His imperial majesty immediately took a liking to her and employed her as a servant in his court. 
Mikuzume excelled at court, absorbing knowledge like a sponge. There was no question she could not answer whether it was about music, history, astronomy, religion, or Chinese classics. Her clothes were always clean and unwrinkled. She was clean, you know, she had that starch. She always smelled pleasant. Mikuzume had the most beautiful face in all of Japan, and everyone who saw her loved her. So basically, she's like my wife right now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, during the summer of, the, of her 18th year, a poetry and instrument recital was held in Mikuzume's honor. During the recital, an unexpected storm fell upon the palace. All of the candles in the recital room were snuffed, leaving the participants in the dark. Suddenly, a bright light emanated from Mikuz Mikuzume's body, illuminating the room. Everybody at court was so impressed by her genius and declared that she must have had an exceedingly good and holy previous life. Huh. She was given the name Tamama no Mai, and Bertoba, already exceedingly fond of her, made her his consort. So now we this is this is her history. This is this is where what we know now about this stone is coming to take into place. So you have all this history of this nine-tailed fox jumping from different countries and and kingdoms and trying to take over and now we're getting we're getting to where we're finding out about Tamamanome and what happened so almost immediately after she became the emperor's consort the emperor fell deathly ill none of the court physicians could determine the cause and so the om oh goddamn it omyoji abe no yusarnari was called in. I totally fucking butchered that. <laughs> <laughs> Abe no Yusunari read the emperor's fortune and divined that it was that he was marked by a bad omen. After that, the high priests and monks were summoned to the palace to pray for the emperor's health. So they see this this miraculous this miracle occur where this light is emanating from from uh Mikuzume's body, and you know they 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 give her the the name Tamama Nome after that, and so I guess they start putting two and two together that maybe she's not as holy as they thought she was. So the bre the best prayers of the highest priests had no effect. However, the emperor continued to grow worse. Aba 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 no Yusunari was summoned again to read the emperor's fortune. This time, to his horror, the Omnyoji discovered that the emperor's beloved Tamama Nome was the cause of his illness. She was a kitsune in disguise and was shortening the emperor's lifespan in order to take over as ruler of Japan. Emperor Toba was reluctant to relieve the diviner's word or to believe the, the diviner's words, but agreed to Mamanome, uh, but agreed to Tamama Nome just to be sure. To save the emperor's life, Abe Yosunari prepared the Taizen Fuku no Sai, the most secret and most powerful spell known to Omyoru, to known to Omyoru. Tamamanomai was ordered to perform part of the ritual. They reasoned that an evil spirit would not be able to participate in such a holy ritual. Though she was reluctant to participate, the emperor's ministers persuaded her. They told her that it would increase her standing and admiration among the court. She had little choice but to accept. So she already knew what the fuck they were trying to do. Right. So she was trying to get out of it. Um, when the ritual was performed, Tamama no Mai dressed even more beautifully than normal. She recited the holy words as expected and played her part extremely well. 
But just as she prepared to wave the ceremonial staff, poof, she was gone. She vanished. Abe no Yosunari's divination was confirmed. The court flew into an uproar. So I don't know if they did this like all in, in I guess like in the in, for everybody to see or if it was like a secret ritual or what. But I mean, I guess at that point their their fears were you know confirmed, confirmed. that yeah like, that like she just, wasn't what she was you know as a, a, a old uh chinese sage said bitches be cray so oh yeah did an old chinese <laughs> sage say that he said that to you one time did he yeah it was you know uh it it was in uh, one of my yoga classes so. oh okay okay yeah makes <laughs> total fucking sense so the death of Kitsune. So now we're moving on to something else because after she disappeared, of course, she's not gone for good. So what happened after that, Benji? Well, soon after, word arrived that women and children were disappearing near Nasuno in Simosuke province. The court sorcerers determined that the Mamo no Mai was the cause and it was decided that she must be destroyed once and for all. The emperor summoned the best warriors in all of the land and then charged the most superb of them, <laughs> Kazusa Suke and Mirano Suke, to find Tamama no Mai. The warriors gladly accepted the honor. They purified themselves and set out with an army of 80,000 men. Holy to, shit. That's for one To female. find one female. 80,000 fucking men. Okay, That's, like to get a good idea of what that is, take your finger and then times that by eighty thousand. Damn. <laughs> Damn. Said upon reaching Nasuno, the army quickly found the Kitsune. The warriors chased her for days and days, but the fox used her magical powers and outsmarted them time and time again, easily escaping. The army grew weary and frustration set in. It seemed that nothing they did was working. However, um, the warriors would not accept the shame of defeat <laughs> and vowed to press on. They practiced harder, honing their tactics, and eventually picked up the Kitsune's trail. So then one night, one of the warriors had a prophetic dream. A beautiful young girl appeared before him, crying. She begged, tomorrow I will lose my life to you. Please save me. Um, the warrior adamantly refused, and upon walking, the warrior set out again to find Tamama no Mai. Sure enough, the next day they caught her. Miranu Suke fired two arrows, one through the fox's flank and one through its neck. Kazusanosuke swung his blade. It was over, just as the dream had said. So he had a vision the night before, and they hunted her down. They caught her and decapitated her. So, however, <clears throat> Tamama no Mai's evil did not end with her death. One year after she died, Emperor Koone died heirless. The following year, her lover and former Emperor Toba died as well. A succession crisis ignited forces or between forces loyal to Emperor Gosh. Shit, man. Should have practiced Shirakawa and forces loyal to former Emperor Sutoku. This crisis started the Fujiwa, Fujiwara, Fujiwara, Fujiwara. Minamoto <laughs> rivalry that led to the Genpai War at the end of the Hain period. 
and the rise of the first shoguns. As if that were not enough, Tamama no Mai's spirit haunted the massive boulder Sesho Saikai, which killed every living thing that touched it. So she's gone, she's decapitated, but as with most things of the supernatural world, she was not gone. Her body may have been gone, but she was just set free in the spirit form. Um, <clears throat> now, we just read this this history, and this is like legit Japan history, like this is and Chinese history. So, how much of this do you think is bullshit? I'm, I don't know because see, there there's a lot of stuff that happened back in the day that they may not have the words to accurately accurately describe what it was. So. You know, it, it's easier to say, okay, there was a demon, um, you know, tricking all our rulers rather than saying, like, hey, these guys just got, you know, catfished or whatever. Um, but as far as, like, if you were to compare, like, a number, say 100% and maybe, like, 80-20 fact to fiction, yeah. you know? So I think there's probably a lot of fact there, but there's also a lot of you know, fiction mixed in, which kind of cast doubt on the whole, the whole thing. Now, I don't doubt that there was somebody who tricked all these leaders. I have a hard time believing that it was a, a quote unquote demon. Yeah. And, and that's, that's the hard part for me to believe too, is, you know, while, while I do respect Japanese culture and Chinese culture a lot, um, I, I mean, I've never seen a nine tailed demon in my life i've I've never seen well because they killed them all or so they say <laughs> so um, they say. well we heard a demon apparently or supposedly we did i think we did pretty sure we did i mean we have it recorded so yeah um, true that i mean and it's just it's just hard for for me to believe that the same i mean and maybe these were just all different strong women that didn't want to bend to the will of a man, you know, and so they just kind of did similar things, you know, and, and people just kind of tied them all in together and said, no, they right. were the same entity, you know, oh, this happened, you know, 200 years ago, the demon must be must be around again, you know, and yeah. that was an easy way for them to explain exactly what, you know, was going on, instead of just giving the proper respect to these women that, hey, this dude, maybe this fucking king was a douchebag and, you know, she wanted better things for the kingdom or, you know, vice versa. The king was was a great king, but this bitch was a douchebag and she wanted to rule the kingdom, you know? Yeah. And she used what, you know, she used her looks and her, her, her prowess and everything to get into a higher standing with them. And then they were able to, you know, basically I mean, topple a fucking kingdom. I mean, because if you think about it, okay... What's so different between what she did and what other warlords do when they take over? Yeah. You know, like all she did was use the tools that are available to her to her advantage. Yeah. You know what I mean? So is that evil? I mean, how often do we how often do we do that? We use our tools to our best best advantage, but that doesn't make us evil. I use my so. tool to my best advantage all the time. <laughs> I I gladly can say that i do not know for sure so <laughs> Fire. 
But no, so that is the legend of Tamama no Mai and where the nine-tailed demon came from. Um, but there's also a factual side to this. So the Seshoseki is located near the volcanic mountains in Nasu, as we stated. And these areas are known for volcanic toxic gases, which could lead to someone getting sick and possibly death. So... If this area wasn't well explored, especially back in those days, it's easy to see somebody getting sick and dying of exposure. Right. You know? So, I mean, that that seems like a more logical explanation than, you know, this stone being haunted. So, while the incident has left many people spooked, sparking conspiracy theories galore, Local authorities have pointed out that the stone already had a crack in it, and it just may have split open due to cold weather and water from rain cracking the stone. Um, the Nasu Town Tourist Information Center confirmed, confirmed the splitting of the rock and said it may have cracked because of rain and freezing temperatures. Um, they are quoted in say, as saying it's natural, so it can't be helped, but it's a shame because it's a symbol of the local area. Um, and the stone was registered as a historical site in 1957. Well, so all it needs is a little bit of flex seal. Just slap that on there. Well, they're That's... talking about actually restoring <laughs> about restoring it, uh, just because it's such a well-known piece of history. Um, they were they are in talks to repairing the stone and putting it back together. Now, I I for one would just let nature take its course. You know why put it back together? People already know that it broke. Nothing happened. Um, well, but wasn't wasn't there a upsurge in paranormal activity around the the cities? So yes. So and that's that's that was another point that I wanted to touch on. And I'm glad you brought that up because I forgot to put it in the notes. But so around the time that the rock was reported split open, before I even saw anything about the rock, I had noticed a surge of videos on Facebook and TikTok of paranormal activity in Japan that was just like random shit, you know? And I follow a whole bunch of fucking different paranormal pages and stuff, but everything was coming out of Japan. And a lot of it was Americans that were overseas and they're like, holy shit, I just saw this or I saw like, that. What the hell's going on here? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, and it could just be a coincidence. Yeah, it could be, but that then leads me pointing towards, well, fuck, maybe The Rock has something to do with it, and The Rock has something to do with this paranormal activity that's fucking going on. I was like, who the fuck? Oh, Sandra. Oh, okay, baby. Cute. See, There's I told you. Right there. I told you she was gorgeous. <laughs> so that, I mean, and it could, it could just all be, you know, a coincidence that... The rock opened up and then all this you know, <laughs> spike in paranormal. But I don't know, man, some of these videos that, that I saw, I mean, they're, they were just kind of hard to debunk. And I know with now with the digital age and everything, you can put together some really cool shit with just a computer. But a lot of times you can actually tell. But there was this one video in particular that stood out to me. And this guy's in this, I guess, a hotel room or something. He's trying to go to sleep. And uh, or actually, no, it was a soldier because he fucking had one of the fucking like military helmets and shit. Mm -hmm. And so he's laying there and he's like, I did not just fucking wake up to a hand coming out of my closet. Are you serious? Yeah. And there's like lockers on the wall that are, I guess, like little mini closets or whatever. There's three of them. And you see one of the doors open 
and you hear this growl, like this really weird fucking growl, and he's cussing it out. He's like, fuck you, pussy. He's like, you mad because I fucking threw my helmet at you? He's like, I'm not fucking scared of you. And shit just starts, like, getting weirder and weirder and weirder. And you see, like, shit, like, start moving in the room, uh-huh. which, once again, could could be faked. Uh-huh. Um, but he goes, and you hear something, like, in the closet area, like, come from the, the closet area. So he fucking throws something else at it, and then what he threw gets thrown back. Oh, shit. And so he gets up, and I mean, and there's no cutaway, no nothing. He gets up and he goes and he record, like, you know, he's recording on his, I guess it's on his phone. He goes and he fucking, you know, records or whatever, and there's nothing in the fucking closet. So, and then there was another video that I saw of these kids that were playing, um, like, in the city in Japan, like, just playing in this fucking, like, little alley or whatever. And they, uh, I, I want to say it was in Tokyo because this, this, uh, this region isn't too far from Tokyo, uh, Tokyo City. And you see what looks to be like this dark figure just kind of like creeping in the back. And then when it goes away, when the, when the boys notice it, it fucking like goes away. It moves weird and it looks kind of like it has like a tail. You know what oh. I mean? So I don't know. It was just it was just really weird things. And like I said, it could just be, you know, coincidence or whatever. But. It, it it does give some validity that this stone may still have had her spirit in there, regardless right. of the exorcism that that was performed. Because, like you stated, exorcisms don't always work. So, yeah, I mean, I, I remember you know we talking before when we said we wanted to discuss this on the podcast, and you saying that there was an upsurge in paranormal activity. So I was like, okay, I got to check this out, and there were a lot of videos you know, coming out and I'm just like, okay, maybe there is something to it. So, you know, it, it, it does kind of lend more credence to, okay, maybe something is going on there, you know? So I'm, I would, I would like to check it out myself, you know? Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, and but, that's... But let me ask you though, before, before you say anything, let me ask you, if you were to go over there and investigate this rock, and you saw a little chip of this rock on the ground, how tempted would you be to take it home? Oh, I'd fucking take it. Take <laughs> knowing it. Take knowing it. what could be attached to it. <laughs> man, I took I brought home a piece of the Goatman Bridge, knowing what's attached to the fucking Goatman Bridge. Like, you know what I mean? I, I'm not I, I have like my whole little haunted area right here next to my desk with my little, you know, little haunted things that I've I've found on investigations and stuff. Um I would totally take a piece just to see what happened. Now, if something happened, I fucking died. Well, fuck, bury me with the rock because I fucked myself. You know <laughs> what I mean? But I don't know, man. I, I it's a very interesting legend for sure, um, with with a lot of historical facts to it. You know, so that's mm-hmm. that's kind of the hard thing to say. Oh, well, it's all bullshit. You know, um, but it's just hard to believe that there was actually a nine tailed demon that this woman lived so many fucking years and i guess you know the whole body hopping thing keeps keeps you know keeps it alive but like i said man it could just it could have just been strong women throughout history that got tired of some dude's shit you know see it was just uh, the very first uh hot female japanese cosplayer there you um, go so i mean you've seen some of them it's like wow you know yeah definitely <laughs> So, do we have any questions, comments, concerns with this 
The Legend of Tamamanome and the and, Anthony Diaz has very Helen of Troy vibes. I agree. Yeah, definitely. Um, and it, it's like I said, man, it's strong women. You know, um, loves a strong woman. If you if you re- look at the history of this and follow it, it's just strong women throughout different time periods that kind of did the same thing. Yeah. You know, if you take the the legend of the demon out, you just have story of multiple women who wanted different things other than what the country was giving them. Was it Tomama Nomai, which is translated to Hillary Rodham Nomai? Oh my gosh, shut the fuck up. <laughs> shut the fuck up. So if we don't have anything further, I think we're going to call that an episode right there. Hope you guys enjoyed this little historical look through uh, th- this Japanese legend of Tamama no Mai and the Sesho Psyche that just cracked open. If you ever get a chance to visit this place, check it out. I know I will try to one day, you know, I'm yeah, not getting we- any younger and I've never been outside of the United States. So I think I need to change that. Definitely. I agree. So, I, and I, I really want to go to Japan. There's a lot of stuff I want to see over there. So I just want to see if they really have vending machines with fucking underwear in them. Because <laughs> I've seen that on TV shows. And I, I just want to know if it's true or not. I don't. Yeah, you're going you're gonna to be like, see these chones? I got these for... <laughs> I bought these in a fucking vending machine in fucking Japan. It's a fucking weird country, but I love yeah, it. You just want to go find one of those uwu girls. <laughs> no, I don't. It's the wrong part of the country. But yeah, like I said, I, I definitely, there's a lot of paranormal sites that I want to go to outside of the country. Um, you know, Japan is just among the list. You know, I want to go to Ireland. I want to go to Scotland, amongst other places. <laughs> Anthony confirmed it. They do sell panties and vending machines. Thank you, Anthony. Thank you. I didn't know you were still <laughs> on or else I would have just asked you flat out because you used to live there. So thank you for <laughs> confirming that. But yeah, man, I, I mean, there's all, especially on that side of the world. It's the culture so much older, so there there has mm-hmm. to be way more paranormal activity. I'm not taking anything away from the natives here or anything, because of course the, their culture is super fucking old here in the states. So you know there's still a lot of exploring to do on that paranormal aspect. But over there, you know, it, it was just more. There's a lot of fucking death over there, man. A lot of death, yeah. a lot of wars, a lot of plagues and shit that just didn't exist on this side of the world during those times. You know, right. So it'd be interesting to check out one day. Well, Ben, give us a rundown on where the people from Someone Supernatural can catch a podcast and what you have coming up. Well, I am, of course, the host of the Recycled Corn podcast. You can find me on your chosen streaming platform. Um, just Google the Recycled Corn podcast. You'll find me all over on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, even um, sharing hilarity that only I can bring you. And, um, you know, if you want to follow me on any of those, uh, don't because I don't need your follows. <laughs> <laughs> Not here to beg for follows. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, um, I will eventually be getting this podcast back up and running. I have the episode with you that we just recorded that I've been meaning to edit. I've just been so busy. I haven't edited it yet. So it will be going up this weekend. So uh, keep an eye out for that. And I'm looking at some merch ideas, uh, which were posted on the Recycle Corn page. So if people are interested, you know, let me know. And maybe uh, that might be uh, coming out pretty soon, too. So 
Hell yeah, buddy. Hell yeah. <laughs> well, as always, I am your host with the ghost, the prince of the paranormal, the duke of the dead, the ghost daddy, the cryptid keeper himself, Lord Scuba Cabra, saying I will see you on the next episode of Somewhat Supernatural. Thanks for tuning